Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. Worship isn't just about singing songs. That's a part of it, but that's not all of it. Sometimes it's like, okay, then just go serve somebody. Go serve your neighbor. Go, go serve some food to some people who have no family on Thanksgiving. And they're reminded of that each and every year. That, and it's like, I don't want to sing songs, but you know what? I'll, I'll dish out some turkey. Well, then go do it and do it with gladness. Do it with joy. That's worship. That's worship. Are you searching for a deeper connection with your faith? In today's message, Pastor James talks about how worship is more than just singing songs. It's a beautiful journey that embraces service and prayer with joy. Worship is a lifestyle, a way of living that extends into every aspect of your life. It involves dedicating yourself wholeheartedly to the Lord and aligning our thoughts, actions, and attitudes with our beliefs. True worship includes acts of service and compassion and kindness towards others. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Psalms chapter 100 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. attitude of our hearts should be to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Now, that's not limited just to church. I don't want you to think that's just a church. That's, that's when you show up, when you wake up, and you're going to spend time with him, okay? You're entering his gates with thanksgiving. That's why Jesus, when he gave out that model prayer, he placed emphasis on you should be thankful. You should be, there should be an attitude of gratitude behind your prayer life. In acknowledging who God is, you know, and his provision and all that stuff, and just grateful for the things that he's done for you and how he's provided for you and all that stuff. I mean, it's just, it's the undercurrent of your prayer life should be that of, of thankfulness. I'm thankful. My life might not be going the way I planned it. Things might not be happening the way that I want them to be, but I still have every reason to be thankful because I'm here, because I'm still alive. And as long as you're still breathing, he's not done with you. And your story is not over. So enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Spurgeon also said, Charles Spurgeon, prince of preachers is what they called this guy. He lived about 100 and something years ago um, in England. He says, as long as we are receivers of mercy, we must be givers of thanks. As long as we are receivers of mercy, we ought to be givers of thanks. Here's when you can stop thanking God, when he stops showing you mercy. And I can tell you, um, that's never going to happen. That'll never happen. So always be thankful. We, we even read through that with, uh, we, we studied through that in First Thessalonians. Paul ended that book with talking about how we should, we should always be thankful. We should always be thankful. We should always be thanking God. And I even charge you guys, even this past Sunday, apparently we had a topical message 
this is, how, this is how my week's been. Greg was talking to me about our message Sunday, and I'm like, I don't even know what I taught on Sunday. I'm like, I have no idea. He's referencing, I'm, I'm, the wheels were, were, I'm surprised he didn't see smoke coming out of my ears, because I'm like, what did I teach on Sunday? I have no reference of recollection at all. It's been a long week, uh, and it's only Wednesday. Um, so, but there, there's, with this, this thankfulness, we, we should make a list of all the things that we're thankful for. Just write it out. Just write it out. Have an ongoing list of like, today, I am thankful for, I'm thankful for these things. And it's so healthy. And again, talking about the intellectual, using your brain, it's so good for your brain to write stuff down. Write it down. You have it on record. Stick it in your Bible. I am thankful for these things. And that should be a growing list. Okay? We have so much to be thankful for. And his mercies are new every morning. Uh, you can also be thankful for his grace, which never ends. It never ends. So his mercy never ends. His grace never ends. His love never fails. He himself never changes, which should put you at rest. He never changes. So give him the thanks that he deserves, right? The last little verse here, verse 5, says this is the, the why, right? You always get a, that should be always on, on our hearts and our minds, like, Okay, so you're telling me to do this stuff, but why? Why? Why should I be thankful? Verse 5 says, for the Lord is good. <laughs> but why, why should I be thankful? Well, because God's good. Well, not to me. Well, you don't, just because you don't recognize it doesn't mean he's not good to you, right? You, you do that? You did that? Oh, he, that's God's goodness in your life. You have the ability to be alive right now and to breathe and to enjoy food tomorrow, too much food, I'm sure of it. That's, that's just, should just direct our attention to like, man, you just ate that big old plate of turkey and mashed potatoes and whatever else you pile on your plate, you push away from the table and you're like, God is good, right? And you would be right in ascribing him praise for good food, okay? The fact that you were able to eat and enjoy it, praise God, praise God. In fact, I think even food, that element of enjoying food and stuff goes well beyond this life. Um, there's mention of in eternity, you know, uh, the, the wedding feast and the table and all that good stuff. I, I, think, I think food's going to be with us probably forever. I mean, I, I don't know. I can't say that dogmatically, but I'm, I'm just thinking that, you know, new heaven, new earth, we may not be celebrating Thanksgiving, you know, because of the pilgrims and all that good stuff in new heaven and new earth, but every day might be Thanksgiving in, new, in the new heaven and new earth. And the food is going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. If we get there and there's no food, you can come find me and be like, dude, where's the food? I'll be like, I don't know. Um, go talk to that guy uh, who told me that there was going to be good food. Um, but there's so much to be thankful for because the Lord is good. He is good. How good is he? The, the verse, the next sentence says, his unfailing love continues forever. His unfailing love, love that will never fail you. Uh, a love that will, I mean, technically speaking, a love that, that won't disappoint. Now, will you suffer disappointment in life? Of course you will. Of course you will. But concerning the perfect agape love of God, it'll never fail you. It'll never fail you. Because he is good. 
And he's good to those who call upon him. I mean, my goodness, he's good to those who reject him. The rain falls on the just and the wicked all the same. It's just tragic that a world would go, would go throughout their entire lives rejecting the one who is so good and the one who's been so good to them from day one until the last day of their lives. And only then to realize, I think I missed it. You were good. And he's like, yeah, I was. I just wish you would have acknowledged that years ago because now it's too late. Now it's too late. But his unfailing love continues forever and forever. And not only his unfailing love, uh, it says his, his, uh, his faithfulness continues to each generation. The, God, the Lord is faithful. Even when we are faithless, he remains faithful. What an amazing God. What an amazing God. And, and I, I hope this kind of paints within our mind that here's God who, had, who has given us access right? Access to his throne. Now, we know this is back in the Psalms, and, you know, not hardly anybody had direct access to the throne room of God, right? Like one guy, one, once a year, had access into the throne room of God. And they had to tie a rope around his ankle just in case he didn't make it, right? So they could drag his corpse out of there. But where we're at, we're on this side of the cross, this side of the empty tomb, where we have direct access to God. And I hope that this would frame within our brains how loving and how welcoming and how gracious and how compassionate God is. Where we have every reason not to go in cowering in fear because it's like, oh man, I hope I sing the right song or I hope I don't say the wrong thing and he might get me. To where it's just like, I'm going in as one of his kids and I'm a mess and he knows it and I'm probably going to say the wrong thing. I'm probably going to sing the wrong part at the wrong time and do all that stuff and I'm probably going to misquote that bible verse and I'm going to do I'm going to make a big mess of it all but there's there's my heavenly father and he loves me like crazy. I hope that that's kind of what this this conveys to us is that that's who God is. He will bring justice to a wicked world that that is by and large, you know, kind of rejecting him. He will make right the wrongs that, that we, all throughout humanity, the course of time, that we, we have allowed to happen or we have voted for to happen or we've sat quietly by and all that good stuff or we've just been plain ignorant of. He knows how to right all the wrongs and he will do that. But I hope as Christians or anybody who's watching online that you would understand that the, you can just go right to him. You can just go right to him and experience the, the love of God and how good he is and how gracious and how merciful he is. There's a quote from uh, Francis Hill Tucker. It says this, concerning the gates being open, right? For to the most guilty are the gates of his church open. To the most guilty. And that's just another reminder there's, there's just nothing that stands in the way. If you're like, well, I, I, but you don't know. You don't know. You don't know what I did. You don't know my, I don't need to know. He does know. And the beauty of it is the gates are open where, you, you know, for anybody and everybody to come in and to do what? To get right with him. To get right with him. Maybe they're an outsider and they don't know him. 
well, maybe he's just he's wanting that that opportunity for especially for them to be born again. That's a word we use to be reborn, born again. John chapter three, Jesus and Nicodemus. You got to be born again, Nicodemus. You got to be born again, buddy. Your religion's not going to do it for you, and all that stuff. And I would hope that you know, number one, as believers, that we are reminded of how good he is and how gentle he is and how welcoming he is. But I would hope for the lost, anybody maybe who listens to this on the radio or watches it, if they don't know the Lord, that, man, those, he's like, come to me. Come to me. Let me make you, let me make you new, as uh, Paul would say to the church in Corinth. He makes, he makes all things new. And he can turn an old creation into a new creation with a new heart, a renewed mind, to be born again, surrendering your life to Jesus so that from that moment on, you can enter his courts, enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. And that should be, that should be how us as, as believers, we just conduct our lives. Again, not, not ignorant of the fact that life is hard at times. It just is. And maybe I don't feel like singing songs, and that's fine, because I'm glad that worship isn't just about singing songs. That's a part of it, but that's not all of it. Sometimes it's like, okay, then just go serve somebody. Go serve your neighbor. Go, go serve some food to some people who have no family on Thanksgiving, and they're reminded of that each and every year. That, and it's like, I don't want to sing songs, but you know what? I'll, I'll dish out some turkey. Well, then go do it and do it with gladness. Do it with joy. That's worship. That's worship. When we pray, praying praying's an act of worship. It's what we do. Giving. Giving is an act of worship. I guess I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't keep up with much stuff, as you probably are well aware. Um, but I guess like after this holiday or Thanksgiving, that beginning of December is like giving day or something. I don't know what it's called. Forgive me. I don't know what it's called. But all I know is that this is like there's a great emphasis placed on the beginning of January or December for people to give. And I get it for nonprofits and all that stuff. It's like, you're at the end of the year. You just, we've all walked through the same stupid pandemic together, right? And so some of our friends and missionaries and nonprofits are like, hey, uh, you know, if you think about us, you know, could you send, you know, you got any extra, please send it to us. That's an, do that. Do it with joy. Do it with gladness. Knowing that that's an act of worship. I just got a, an email from our friend Laura in, in Russia. They're all doing good. They're doing really good over there. But I asked her, I'm like, hey, is there any way we can like just bless you guys and the kids there? And she's like, well, she's like, you know, because um, they, funny enough, they celebrate Christmas in January, right? And they open gifts and stuff on January 1st, the new year, okay? Um, so she's like, well, if you guys wanted to get them presents, you could probably still do that and get it to us. Or if you want to just like send us some money and we can buy them gifts or whatever. And I'm like, I just want you guys to make sure that we love you and that we care about you. That's, that's what I, my first and foremost, I just want you guys to know that. And especially those kids who they're doing a tremendous ministry there in Russia and they are rescuing and they're saving these kids from, essentially they're saving them from sex trafficking is kind of how it plays out. And they're teaching them life skills and setting them up to where they can be productive citizens and go and get a job and have their own place and all that stuff. Um, beautiful thing. And she's, she's been here twice now. She shared with us. And I just wanted to make sure and for them and for anybody else that we support, like, hey, we, are you guys okay? Are you okay? You know, do you need anything? Can we, can we help you out in any way? 
Because that's, as a body, we can join in corporately and sing songs of worship, but then as a body, we can also join in and we can display acts of worship in, in giving and making sure that those who are in places where we can't go to or we're not at, that the gospel is being presented there. That's a, just another part of it, fasting. Fasting is actually a, a part of worship. I don't know if you know that, but like to, to abstain, to, to deny your body some physical, you know, whatever, if it's food, or, you know, you can do, in modern days, you can do like a technology fast and all that stuff. Really, it's just disciplining your body, saying, you know what, I devote this much time to this thing. And I'm going to, for the next few days or for whatever, however you arrange that between you and the Lord, I'm just going to stay away from that. And the time that I would put into that, I'm just going to use it to pray and to open up the word and to, to read the word. And just, it's going to be me and the Lord time. It's an act of worship. It's an act of worship, and it's a beautiful thing. It's a really cool thing. Um, you know, and, and whatever that thing is, and, and oftentimes it's, you know, you don't fast from things that aren't hard for you to fast from, right? You, okay, because if you're doing that, you're just really not getting the picture, okay? You're like, I'm just going to fast from going to work. No, that's not smart, because then you get fired. Um, then you will be fasting from food, because now you don't have a job, right? So, if, if food is a thing that dominates you, then it's like, you know what? I think just, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to skip this meal just so I can pray more. Or maybe you're too much on the phone and on technology or too much television. And uh, we know too much TV, especially nowadays. My goodness, it is just poison, okay? Just, especially if it's political, turn it off. Turn it off. But I need to know what, look, the, okay, let me, let me des- describe to you what's happening Okay, in a visual image, there's a toilet. Okay, somebody hit the the lever and it's just spinning down. Okay, and I'm not talking about just America, but world history. Like we are approaching, okay, probably the end of it all. And praise God for that. All right. So don't you don't don't just turn it off. Spend less time watching that, and just open up your Bible and pray. It's an act of worship. Um, I just want to read you guys a few verses real fast, and then we'll, we're just going to land this plane. Uh, verse, uh, from Colossians chapter 3, verses 16, 16 through, um, 16 through 17, just as a good reminder of, of thankfulness. It says, let the message of Christ, or about Christ, or his word, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all wisdom he gives, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Well, that's a kind of a big little disclaimer, right? Like, hey, whatever you do or say, you're an ambassador for Jesus, okay? Do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Again, it's just that, it's that thing of like carrying a song within your heart, carrying a song within your heart. Verse, or I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, says this. This is a common one. We, I just did a wedding this past weekend, I think. I was in another state, I think, um, or it was just a really weird dream. But uh, it just kind of sometimes feels like that at times, right? So, no, it was Louisiana, and it was beautiful, and uh, Tyler and Jacqueline got married, and their family was awesome. And so, Southern hospitality, all right, is beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Go to Louisiana, and they, took, they take care of you. Um, 
This part of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter, chapter 5 is oftentimes, you know, included within like doing weddings and all that good stuff. But verse 18, it says, don't be drunk with wine, right? Because that will ruin your life, okay? So hopefully you understand that concept. Instead, however, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Hey, wait, I think we just read that. You did in Colossians. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And what? And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right? So sing songs. Carry a song within your heart. Be thankful. Be grateful. Have that, what we call that, that attitude of gratitude. Right? Just people walk, you know, encounter you and be like, dude, what's... The, the world's falling apart. Don't you know everybody's dying from this vir- from the virus? And you're like, you seem so happy. And you're like, yeah, I'm just grateful, man. I'm just thankful because I'm all right. Now I'm praying for anybody who is sick and I'm concerned about, well, I'm concerned about common logic and rationale, but that's another, that's another subject for another day. But, but you know what? I'm just going to be thankful. Regardless of what happens, I'm just going to be thankful. And I, I can weep with those who weep but I can also rejoice with those who rejoice. Why? Because, because I'm just grateful to God because he loves me and because he's so good. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says this, or I'm sorry, verse 16. It says, always be joyful, never stop praying. Verse 18, be thankful in all circumstances. For what? For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do you want to know what the will of God is for your life? Well, part of it is just to be thankful. Be thankful. And I think we as believers would be, would be doing really well if, if, we, if we only got one thing right, if we could just learn how to be thankful to the Lord Jesus. Get that thing right. And then, man, that's, you're fulfilling part of his will for your life. Just be thankful. Just be thankful. But Lord, no, no, no. Be thankful. But you don't. No, <laughs> be thankful. But I really have a problem with this. And he's like, I know. I know you do. We'll work on it, but be thankful. Be grateful for what's going on. Let me walk you through this valley. If he's got you on a mountaintop, please understand how mountaintops work. I don't know if geographically if you understand this concept, but a mountain looks like this, okay? The mountaintop's up here. It took a lot to get up to there, and there's another side you're going to be going down, okay? This is life, okay? It's, it's the Himalayas, right? It's you can experience these highs, but just know you can be thankful for every, it just seems like torture, getting to that mountaintop, and then every valley you encounter. You can be grateful because you've got the good shepherd who is leading you every step of the way, and when you hit those mountaintop experiences, you just stop and you say, Lord, thank you for this moment. Because it may only be a moment, but thank you for this moment right now. I thank you for getting me here right now, that I can enjoy this peace and calm right now. And you know what, Lord? By faith, I'm just going to go ahead and thank you for getting me through whatever valley comes after this moment, because there will be a valley. And I'm grateful for whatever uphill battle we got to go through to get up to that next peak. But I'm just going to thank you every step of the way because you're good. Because you're good. And I'm just a sheep. 
and you're in charge, so I'm just going to trust you. Even though I think I know better at times, I'm just going to trust you as my good shepherd. You've been listening to the radio ministry Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. We're based out of Galveston, Texas, with the support of Calvary Galveston and listeners like you. We trust that what you heard in today's message stirred something inside of you to a point of action. These teachings are meant to help you find hope and new life in Jesus, and that's our heart's desire for you today. If you're in the Galveston area, would you come be a part of what's happening at Calvary Galveston? Our atmosphere is simple, laid back, and uncomplicated. We just want to magnify Jesus at all ages. To learn more about our ministry, we invite you to visit breadforthebroken.com. We also do a live stream on Facebook, so check it out, even if you are a little further away. If you're interested in hearing more messages like this one, you can do that by going to the Listen tab at breadforthebroken.com. While you're there, why not discover a little more about the church and this ministry, as well as look for opportunities to partner with us here. There's a Give tab that's easily accessible on our website too, if you feel led to support us in a financial way. We'd also love it if you would join us in praying for this ministry. Pastor James is excited to share new things with you in the coming study. There's always more that we can gain from diving deep into God's Word. Until next time, we encourage you to stay connected to God and His Word, and to then come back for more solid teachings right here. We'll be waiting for you, here on Bread for the Broken.